0: Best of intentions, so everyone's gonna behave, stay on point. Yeah,
1: I can't go first on these ones because I forget the scenes.
0: That yeah, that's I already had that in my playbook.
1: <laughs> to, to <laughs> let, no, but Trainwreck I just watched last week. I remembered that shit. I still
0: had it in my playbook. No matter what, I was like, let's let Jess copy off Dave, or <laughs> or if he's if she's gonna attack, someone's gonna be the last person to speak, which will always be Dave. So. <laughs> I'll just weaponize you in that way. (laughs)
2: took everything about New York City in complete stride. You know, nothing fazed him until he saw a grown man following his dog and picking up the shed. He started laughing so hard he wept.
1: I suppose that custom could seem strange, like, out of context.
2: <laughs> what was that?
1: Uh, I overheard your conversation about how like is a language prophylactic ah, yeah. What is fictocritical anthropology, anyway?
2: Well, it is a way of writing about anthropology that blends ethnographic observation, storytelling, and like Do we have to walk in a circle or can we walk around the park?
1: We can walk. (laughs) It's so hard to find a full-time position. I want to point out, and I didn't point it out in there, but um, Dave really agreed with you in the last episode.
0: I noticed that. I know. very agree. I think it was just because the length of the conversation, he forgot, and then he would get up to him, and was like, well, I, I guess Fuck, I agree I with Mike. Just go with, it, just go with the flow. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. <clears throat> All right. So we've not spoken in six months.
1: <clears throat> okay. Fun. Let me think about what I've been doing in the six months. I still have a cold. <laughs>
0: That's Jess, Hi. our guest, by the way, that you've not heard from in six months.
1: Oh, shit. So it's Say hello, Jess. It's been a long six months. Hello. It's been exhausting, uh, really tiring. Actually, it was six months. It's um, summer.
0: This is Damn, probably winter.
3: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing our pacing, <laughs> it'll be even further in the future. It, but Jess, well, Jess, we're... We're very happy to have you back. So um, you've been on a couple episodes now. So uh, how can people reach you online? Do you do you remember this time? Fans of our show will remember that you can't remember, you know, hashtags or ads on Twitter. So do you have it down this time? Hashtag Grand gesture Pod. Is that it? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I love that you combine. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. We're our own hashtag now. That's my fault for bringing up hashtags. I'm, yeah, that's, that's
1: right. And you can also follow me at Reach Mead, but I'm not on there. So just follow at Grand Jester Pod, and then if I ever talk or have any kind of thing, it will be perfect. Just watch, listen to them. They're amazing.
3: That that was perfect. That, so. That's the perfect introduction. I have nothing else to say. So, Mike, yes. why don't you uh, tell us what movie we're talking about this week?
0: Maggie's Plan, starring Greta Gerwig. Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> <So you> <laughs> a little enthusiasm i don't know everyone loves Clearly the
2: best
0: of uh, the best of greta gerwig's work right maggie's plan that's mm, yeah i don't upper know echelon i i don't know about that she is merely a uh, performer here she is the lead so this is not a <clears throat> greta gerwig joint this is directed by rebecca miller and uh it's just an old-fashioned romantic comedy i could give i'm looking at wikipedia here. Is it <laughs> Fashion? quiet in the, the peanut gallery <laughs> speak when spoken to <laughs> trying to trying to talk to the listeners now I'm not talking to you people on the the skype call oh, with sorry, me sorry. you sorry. people geez. look i'm assuming that maggie's plan is not <laughs> the most well known <laughs> run- so i don't know what clips will be used here i will try to use as many as possible um I'm really debating on whether or not to introduce who these people are, as far as their profession, because the first line on Wikipedia, the synopsis is Maggie Harden, the director of business development and outreach for the art and design students. Oh God, I just fell asleep already. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> look, um, and what is his job title? His like sociology or like whatever, Ethan. It's Hawk. very specific. I've got this because I've got Wikipedia in front of me. Yeah. He plays John Harding, and even the Wikipedia summary here has this in quotes. A fictocritical critical anthropologist. Yeah. I bet that's not
3: even a real thing. I bet they made it up. That's why it's in, that's why it's I in quotes. I actually prefer that they
0: make it up. I would, I would like the world better if this is a totally made-up Yeah, concept. I don't need this to be a real thing. True enough. But our meat cute for this. Maggie meets... John when he's trying to become something else, he's trying to become a novelist. So he's tired with the lifestyle that he's got, uh, at this university as a ficto critical anthropologist and, uh, wants to write, I guess his version of the great American novel. Unfortunately, his wife is not as enthusiastic about this played by Julianne Moore. And, uh, she's very Another successful. Mike
2: Denniston
3: favorite. Great in everything.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it seems like you have some slight complaints about Maggie's plan, but we've got Greta Gerwig, Ethan Hawke, Julianne Moore. That accent, though, Mike, there's a lot going on with Julianne Moore in this movie. I will try to avoid playing any clips of Julianne Moore doing this Batman villain accent that she's got going on. <laughs> But she's That's not happy right. with his, uh, his pursuit writing the novel. And, uh, I guess there's a series of meet cutes between Greta and Ethan here where they keep running into each other. Uh, one is like a paycheck because their last names are similar. And then they get to talking and she expresses interest in reading his novel, which I think, I think anyone can get that to a writer. This is suddenly a major turn on that anyone actually wants to read their writing. So you see his interest. The narcissism. Sure. <laughs> Uh, she yep. has something a little bit more life altering though, going on with her, not just writing the great American novel or not, but she wants to get pregnant. And so she has enlisted a former uh college friend named guy. Uh, I don't know the actor's Pitbull name. Man. He, he looks like a guy. Yes. He looks like dude. He does. I mean, they could have, <laughs> I mean, really, thats I guess that's a joke. They could have just called him penis. That's what he is. He is there to, <laughs> to yep. produce the goods here for, for Maggie. <laughs> Well, and to wrap it in a very nice uh
3: <laughs> He has that scene where he does give her the goods and then he wraps up the container <laughs> and like swaddles it and gives it to her. And and I don't like know what is he going offers. on. With we can Johnny. do
1: this the old fashioned way. <laughs> I think he offers that to her. What a nice guy. <laughs> she's like, no thanks.
0: I'm good. I mean it's the least you can do when you're invited over to uh Greta Gerwig's house to go masturbate in her bathroom that you'd be like hey maybe i won't do that in most circumstances yes. that would be the decent thing to do hey how about i not do that here it's... and it ends up probably being the right decision because as she
3: says he is swift at uh giving her the good so Dave, you do you know, remember remember weird, the weird details choice.
0: about this movie i just watched this last <laughs> week and i'm like i don't no wikipedia doesn't have anything about that about his swiftness <laughs> dave's all over it i'm just i'm just giving you the sound cues as we go. Yes, yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> nice images in my head as well. Thank you, Dave. I hate you so much. Anyway, it's about time to turn this over to our guest, but I'm not yet finished with the Meat Cute. I haven't, because there are so many Meat Cutes here. So we get Guy coming over. He provides the goods, <laughs> the pickle juice, I guess. <laughs> way I can say this before Jeff's comes in and makes this an explicit episode. Like she did oh. six months ago with our train wreck episode. Um, God, let it go guys. Let it go. Remember everything. Six months, Mike, let
3: it go. Yeah. Remember everything. Six months. Just
0: like Dave and the swiftness of guy here. <laughs> Ethan Hawk then comes in most inopportune time because she is attempting to inseminate herself. And that's the moment he declares his love for her. And uh, so I guess for the rest of the film, it sort of calls into question who the father of this child is because you do a cut years later and they've established themselves. Mm-hmm. He is divorced from the horrible Batman villain Julian Moore and is now with Maggie. <laughs> and this is sweet, right? This is a great meet-cute. We, we love this couple together. Nothing weird oh. or strange. <laughs> Spencer Tracy, Catherine Netburn, same shit. We've seen it before.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like, is this the meet-cute? I thought a meet-cute was just when they first meet. Don't they meet in the... Pickle juice,
0: for me. That's what's so cute. (laughs) Isn't this a pickle juice meet? I feel like it's an action thriller. He's like, no, 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 no. Stop with the sperm. I have sperm.
1: (laughs) Uh, No. He's like... (laughs)
0: That's pretty much what's going on here.
1: Running up the stairs. There's cuts to him running up the stairs just in time Mm -hmm. to catch her. sure.
0: (laughs) I actually find that... I don't know if I find it be sweeter, but it's definitely more interesting than a rider... Uh, getting aroused by the thought of someone reading his work. Like I, when that when I'm first watching this film, I actually don't even know if I feel like the Maggie character has any genuine interest or she's just being polite with him. I, I can't really right. tell. So that meet cute doesn't actually work for me on both sides, just on his side.
1: She does have like an interest in him that seems to be apparent. Like right, she's got that whole like scene with Maya Rudolph, right?
0: Mm-hmm. She's like, what's um, up with where... that dude? What's with that guy? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, yeah. She's like, what's with that guy? Yeah. Like, which is, like, you know, it's a like, girl sussing it out. We're sussing. We're sussing the, that shit out. Figuring out if, uh, you know, he seems interesting. He's a bad boy. Bad boy of critical.
0: Tell me, Maya. Is he swift? Tell me how swift he is. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ethan.
1: <laughs> He's swift. Yeah. How swift is he? Although does she want him to be swift in that moment? I don't know. Just, I can't remember. Um, so and then he meets I do find that scene very interesting. I mean, I find these characters all kind of ridiculous and I and I I actually enjoy a good ridiculous character, but I also do love, even though it's like she's like so absence of you're right, like kind of emotion or in or like total interest cuz she's so planned, right? That's essentially Maggie's plan, right? She she wants to plan everything out and then um and make everything kind of work the way she wants it to work. So this seems like kind of a romantic gesture, so she's like ah, like him coming over to declare his love and that kind of interests her. Um but then that that scene of him like going for her her nightgown which has like a button on each like 5 million buttons. Oh, it kind of cracks me up though. <laughs> And It is so unsexy.
0: Both of you are providing very unsexy details so far in this episode. I don't feel like we're selling it's Maggie's true. plan, you know, to the many who have not yet experienced it. Uh, they are completely turned off by this, well, and yours, I'm the one that said pickle juice, comparing it to right. semen, and I'm the it's one that somehow we made it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: and then one yeah. was
0: swift.
3: I'm just, I'm just not sure that the meat cute works for a number of reasons i think mike you brought up this idea that i don't think we're sure like until that until they he professes her love and she says she loves him too relatively quickly all the scenes before this like i don't i don't get that i don't get any passion between these Mm. two people i get like more professional interest than I do romantic interest. So it's, it's a bit of a hard sell, and I think that's why you have to have these characters literally say, I love you, and then fast forward years down the line after he's left his wife and they have a kid together, and you just kind of brush past all your standard romantic comedy stuff. And I think the... The the biggest indictment I can give of this movie is I'm much more interested in Felicia and Tony played by Maya Rudolph and Bill Hader. Another common theme in our our shows with Jess here is that they Six are ago. they are the most entertaining part of the part of the movie. Like I would watch an entire movie with their interactions. They're funny. They obviously care about one another. They yeah. care about their friends. They're enjoyable. Wait, they? I felt I like they were so. a deeply
0: unhappy couple.
3: No, I don't think so. I, I think they're just a couple that kind of likes to roast each other. Like, they're just, like, just going to go after each other, and that's like, okay. Like, they're
1: well-established.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, You're not two... selling this as a sexy couple either. Well-established. Our... <laughs> that old brand. <laughs> like Where's Blue Bloods on like, CBS Friday there. nights. <laughs> it's well-established.
2: I've never
1: been so humiliated in my life. I'm in such deep oatmeal.
2: What was I thinking? Maybe you're having a psychotic episode.
1: But it was such a good
2: idea. You know, life doesn't work this way, you doofus. You can't take everything and stuff it back in the box. God, I think you need some help. Why are you being so hostile? Because it pisses me off. The whole thing pisses me off. Why? Why can't you just leave your husband like any normal human being?
1: Because it would be such a waste. A waste?
2: You were such a hall monitor. It's not a waste. He's not a paper product. Love is messy. It's illogical, it's wasteful, and it's messy. And it leaves these loose threads that go out all over the place. But you, you like things nice and neat and tidy and ethical. But you screwed that up the minute you got with a married man.
1: You're not being my friend right now. Oh, yes,
2: I am. I am being your friend. This is being your friend. I'm being honest with you. Good intentions. You were all about good intentions. Little Miss, Quaker Two Shoes is going to do the right thing. But you always somehow screw it up. Screw you. Yeah, screw me, fine. Just being honest. I'm trying to be a friend.
3: I mean, even from the very beginning, like when Bill Hader's character is talking to Maggie, and just kind of really being real with her and kind of saying, like, this is a terrible idea. Your plan your plan is bad. And then her plan goes from bad to worse after she meets Ethan Hawke. Um, but our two leads, like, I just, I don't think any time, there's so much, there's, there's so many battling neuroses going on that it's hard for me to get like involved or engaged with these characters in their, in their burgeoning romance. Like it takes a lot. So
1: super true. But can I just say, maybe this isn't about their romance. Maybe it's about the meet cute between he and Julianne Moore. Like when they re- start reconnecting,
0: I would agree and, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Julianne Moore is definitely part of the equation, but for me, yeah, uh, the romance, I guess we'll sort of transition into our breakup when Maggie, it clicks with her that she's made a mistake not only in choosing this man, but in playing a part in his breakup, the breakup of his marriage with the Julianne Moore character. When he realizes it doesn't look like the you know, kindest relationship, but they work for each other. He respects her opinion. Mm-hmm. She's good for him. Uh, this is something that uh, you really hit home, Dave, with uh, when we did uh, Phantom Thread. You're talking about maybe on the from the outside, it's a relationship that looks abusive and something that most people would not want to be part of. But it's strangely comforting to that pair. Right. I think it you, works get for them. you get something. You get something similar here with Ethan Hawke and Julianne Moore. But for me, the, the romance is not getting Ethan Hawke back with his ex-wife. It is the dynamic duo presented here by Greta Gerwig and Julianne Moore as they plot. To manipulate this stupid man (laughs) Into getting him back Where he's safe And can be somewhat dominated by the Moore character Yeah, I think those two are so cute He needs to be contained Yeah. So
1: then what's the meet cute with them? What what was their first scene where she goes to talk to her And says hi I know you don't like me And there's that really awkward scene where she's sitting on the couch
0: Well it's obvious that you're still in love with him What the hell are you playing? John and I are
1: in trouble and I don't think he realizes how much trouble we're in, or he doesn't want to know. And then when I saw you at the reading, I realized that there might be an opportunity, an opening to somehow
2: get the t- two of you back oh, together. Oh, I see. I see. So you are. You're tired of your little affair. You're all done with it now. You want to make sure you don't feel guilty, so you're going to manipulate us all into some absurd happy ending. I have met a lot of control freaks in my life. In fact, I, I thought I was one, but uh, you, you make me look like an amateur. I didn't mean to insult you. Have the decency to leave him and face the fact that you poisoned my life and my children's life and probably John's life with your own selfishness. That's your burden. You earned it. Uh, wait a minute. If you had such a... Perfect marriage? Why was John miserable?
1: You neglected him and you used him and you didn't believe in his talent. If I am
2: so awful, why are you trying to get me back together with him?
1: Because I think that actually, even though I do think you were pretty self-absorbed
2: and extremely needy, that he needs it. It keeps him in balance. It's thinking about you that stops him from only thinking about himself. Leave, leave. 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 Please,
0: well, leave. Oh, my, you want leave? leave. Okay, Please. I'm leaving. Okay, leave,
1: sorry. Like, she's trying to convince her, like, I want to get you back together and, and like, kind of presents the plan. Is that the meet-cute for them?
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's stuff that you're obviously not seeing from Julianne Moore's perspective. She's a very <laughs> theatrical character, obviously. We've made fun of her accent. But there's obviously <laughs> been a thawing of her feelings because she's profited professionally off of this breakup. Like, she's now presenting herself as some sort of scorned woman. Uh, and so it's like she's outside of it now, and she sort of has that objectivity, and that's why I like like she. I think she sort of playfully sort of throws some jabs at the Greta Gerwig character, yeah. but she also pretty quickly is like, "All right, I can see the logic in this." Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And that's what that's what I like about her character. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I do want to just the last time I'll mention the accent. I do think that that's probably a wise and fun choice by either rebecca miller or julianne moore here to go to with that because this is a pretty absurd premise and i think you need as much in the way of distractions i think bill Hader and maya rudolph are kind of distractions they are like the greek mm-hmm. chorus to this plot calling everyone idiots mm-hmm. and i think you need those things because if you treat this as straight melodrama this is, this does not work at all it's it has yeah. to be a little bit offbeat and funny Julia Moore's great. What's wrong with you, Dave? You're the one who called her a Batman villain.
3: That's on you. The best (laughs) Batman
0: villain of all time. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But two face for you, Tommy Lee Jones, Jess, is that what you're going with? (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Dave? Is it, do you see a different romance? I know you love Bill Hader and Maya Rudolph, but you gotta be the tiebreaker between me and Jess here. As far as who the, the, what is the true romance at the heart of this film?
1: Well, I, Okay.
0: But <laughs> you want to change your vote already, Jess?
1: No, let's hear let Dave's, and then I'll tell you if I'm changing my vote. <laughs> oh my
0: goodness! I
1: think I'm sold, so Mike. <laughs> got
3: hate hate to agree with anyone, but uh, I do feel like the true romance here is between uh, Maggie and Ethan Hawke's character. I think that's yes! where it lies. <laughs> um, I'm back on my side. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: she's celebratory now, um, because I think that's what. <laughs> That's what drives the plot in this movie. I think a lot of stuff happens after things start to go south between the two of them, but I think that is what is kind of pushing things forward from the start of the movie. It's her, I guess, attraction to his writing and his attraction to her reading. That's what that's what's pushing it forward.
1: Go ahead, in that Jess. That they in. The... <laughs> Be
0: Nothing. a fair I'll, weather I'll just, fan here the, the, and gonna... the many romances of Maggie's. Plan. I mean,
1: let me just say I felt really right and really right on about that call. And so I'm really <laughs> glad that Dave could agree with me on that. Um and then also, um, you know, the moment where she's he is unbuttoning her like dress, there does feel like a moment in in some ways Please that stop. They're not stop professing one another's love. <laughs> 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 unbuttoning. Hold on. I mean, one button. Oh, two like, button. Look forward to
0: six months of gifs from you. <laughs> <to>
1: this. <laughs> I got to find those. Um, but she, she, they, it feels in that moment like they definitely are saying, especially because it goes, it does cut and then go so fast to the kid that they're saying, I love you to essentially what the other one is going to provide for them, which is mm-hmm. one, the, the stroking of his ego, right? And for, for her, a kid, and kind of what she thinks her life should look like, right? Um, mm-hmm. Even though he's married, and that might not be completely part of her plan, but something about him is very alluring to her. Whether it be his success or his intelligence, or I don't really know <laughs> what she could fi- she finds attractive about him. I mean, he's kind You're of we're talking about Ethan Hawke, right? About Ethan Hawke, yeah.
0: Yeah what what so. could anyone <laughs> that disgusting wretch? <laughs> How would like, anyone love okay. him?
1: I guess he says some cool things. Um, he sounds pretty
0: smart. Probably the reason for his screen presence is I guess he says some cool things with that sort of <laughs> <laughs> jaded sensibility. I see a cigarette in your hand right now as you say it. And Ethan Hawke's <laughs> character's hand, I'm imagining. Um, I don't know how to really proceed. Like the breakup here, it's it's just like a plot point in the film. Like it's not like there's – like in most romantic stories, the breakup would be a means – for people to get back together. And this is a decision. Mm -hmm. I mean, the worst thing you can say about it is that is maybe if Maggie was just doing this on her own, I think the film is somewhat saved by the inclusion of Georgette of the ex-wife, because I don't know how comfortable we would feel if she was manipulating both parties in this marriage that she played a hand in ending. (laughs) That being said, there's a lot of credit I give to Ethan Hawke for just playing for sort of willfully playing just an idiot. Like, you know, he's, he's an artist, but I don't think, you know, this is not, I I don't want to say it's a thankless part, but it's by no means a cool character. It's not like he's the only thing that, um, is redeemed about him is when he's told he's never going to write the next great American novel and he should just stick to what he was doing beforehand. Uh, and even then that, that realization happens. Another character has to tell him, this is how your life is going to go. And he receives that information while he's in a ridiculous, uh, biker leather jacket and helmet, like fully embracing <laughs> this like midlife crisis. Like I guess probably his like third or fourth midlife crisis. One area that I do remember this film getting some criticism for, and this kind of goes into our our grand gesture uh, a little bit here is reuniting one family. But do you do either one of you feel that the film condemns the Maggie character? Like I guess Bill Hader has said that she. Makes a plan to become a mother without a father, you know, around the child or in the home, and then goes back to that plan when she thinks it suits her. Do you feel like the film was ever condemning her for in that initial decision? The fact that she has to course correct here, like, like mm-hmm. I said, I feel it's like the Ethan Hawke character. It's just made as a joke, like. And then he's thankful. He's thankful that he sort of righted of the ship. I don't know how. I don't know what Rebecca Miller is saying about the Maggie character exactly. If this is necessarily a happy ending or a good thing that she's gone back to her original plan.
1: The original plan of
0: being alone just, a just being a mother a on her own. Yeah.
1: I don't feel like that's, I think that to me, the plan, well, I don't, I don't know if this is what you're asking, but to me, the plan is essentially her, that she's constantly trying to plan things. Right. And so she's constantly trying to kind of, well, it's time for me to be a mother. So I'm going to be a mother. And I think so. If anything, she's commenting, I think she's commenting on this idea of like trying to control everything. And so that's why it's a really hard character to do a romantic comedy with, right? Because part of a romantic comedy is this kind of like willingness to let things happen, however they happen. But the whole point of her character is that she can't let anything happen. She has to like feel like she has some hand in it or orchestrates it or something like that. And so that's why it can't be like a regular romantic comedy in a lot of ways, except for with her and Guy, right? We just don't see that as much, but it's there. Um, so there's my like the last love story.
0: <laughs> Away with you to the bathroom. We don't want to see any of this. We just <laughs> so want he to... He comes <laughs>
1: back, right? So yeah. It's, yeah. essentially... That's – he's the character that represents that she can't – like, he was in front of her all along, but she's so obsessed with what she wants or what she looks. So I think there's kind of, like, an obsession with, like – it's kind of like a don't plan shit so much. <laughs> That's what this movie is saying. Don't plan shit. Just let it happen.
0: Usually not not the most romantic of terms. So <laughs> – dave you have something other than just let it happen i
3: don't know I've, I've seen this movie twice now and both times i feel like the movie doesn't like its main character very much hmm. like I, I it constantly puts its, puts her in these situations where she is being lectured by her friends where she is making mistakes where she is as you said Jess, trying to control things and everything goes wrong and basically the movie essentially ends like the movie you could take out everything that happened with ethan hawk and have the beginning of this movie, the end of this movie, and not much has actually changed. She may have learned some lessons; things may have changed for her. But I think you're meant to think that, like, okay, this kid is is from Guy. Like, given the fact that you know her kid loves math, and you know is is really good at ice skating, or whatever other que- clues are in there. Um, but I think constantly throughout this movie, and I think a lot of it is because of of the of the lead actress here. You have this this kind of neurotic character who's constantly making mistakes. And I think the, I think the movie as a whole is just kind of putting her in these situations where she's sure to not, not succeed. So it's really hard for me to like get engaged with this character too, because she's just, she's either out of control in her own life or trying to control everyone else's life without really thinking any of it through.
0: Do you think she's missed uh, the grand gesture here? Because the, (laughs) the guy character, the Jess, really likes i think you like guy right I the pickle like man guy. okay yeah. pickle man. Doesn't. Yeah. i thought they'd get
1: together at the end that's the, the implication that they're gonna like could be i i think that's Don't the, be a
0: monster dave that's <laughs> the, you just, stole my line um who i am <laughs> i think that's probably the most romantic touch in the film is they, yeah. they leave you with that little bit of hope that he sort of re-enters like I don't want to say his rightful place, but almost like his rightful place in a rom-com, like in most other rom-coms guy would be the sort of funny, quirky lead, but mm-hmm. this is a weird film in that, you know, he's making a grand gesture of saying, I will, I'll help you Maggie become a mother, but you know, I will be hands off as far as a participant in this, <laughs> in this child's That's life. A <laughs> I mean, it, it it's a pretty big one considering there there's a scene that, happens towards the middle of the film where after her and Ethan Hawke have gotten, have got married. And he, you can tell that like the emotion on guy's face when he sees this child and believes that it's his. And she's quickly like, no, no, you know, it's funny coincidence, but you know, I actually got together with my husband, you know, married now uh, around that same time period. So yeah, this is his. And so I do think that he's made a grand gesture that in a weird way, like was part of the initial plan, but Maggie has completely dismissed it. Or she sort of bought into the idea that Uh, The Ethan Hawke character, like what he did was somehow more romantic or as, but if it just comes down to the byproduct of being a mother and this child, it is a little insulting to pickle man that he's he's just exit stage left. No, no, this is Jason Hawks. I'm I'm sure about that. That's I I've, I've, I really struggle with this film. Kind of like what Dave was saying as far as I don't know, like, I don't know how they feel about Maggie and casting Greta Gerwig is strange because she's so likable, at least to me.
2: Right. She's a very yeah. likable
0: presence, but I feel like you have a lot of characters saying you're such a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I feel like the director is kind of saying you're a shithead. Like you're, you're not paying attention to the things or the people that you should be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. i.e. pickle man guy are you agreeing <laughs> with
1: dave in this episode i'm very confused i
0: feel like i'm agreeing with both of you because i'm saying guy should be paid more attention to he deserves more credit i agree yep. i agree i don't know what the grand gesture is though <laughs> <laughs> the grand gesture could be kind of wrapped wrapped
3: in with the kind of the breakup of you know greta gerwig and ethan Hawke's relationship is that I think she feels like by even though she's tricking him to do it, I feel like she's do- she feels like she's doing the right thing by him to con- to reconnect him and his ex wife, even at the detriment of her own relationship, which she feels like is on the rocks. And she's like, they, they are better for each other than we are for each other.
0: Or, so even that can be seen as a grand and children who express, you know, they express some uh, concern about their parents getting yes. back together. So, I-, I think this film is very disinterested in grand romantic Mm -hmm. gestures i think they're saying that when you try to apply them to other people with feelings um and only really are concerned about how it fits into your sort of structure of your life or your plans uh that you're an asshole
3: yeah and it's messy when you have all these people involved and kids and more than one romantic partner there's it's messy for sure
1: what about with um Julian Moore and Ethan Hawke, like when they're getting back together, like is there any kind of grand gesture between them
0: those two? Do you think she burns his book. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty grand. good one. <laughs> it's very grand There's the whole snow scene <laughs> yeah I, there's uh what some karaoke, I think some or maybe just sitting yeah. around a fire yeah i'm I'm gonna go with burning the book that's uh, that's yep.
1: the grand gesture, yeah.
0: It sets him straight. It gets him back
3: to like where he needs to be and back into academia and out of with his head out of the clouds. So
0: the worst thing you can say about the Ethan Hawk character uh, is that she burns his book and about two seconds later, he's totally unconcerned with it because she's like, no, no, here's how you can fix it. And it's like, well, right. fuck, man, if you didn't even care about it, what has this whole process been or what did you put Maggie right. and your, your family through? Like, you know, you sort of derailed the idea that she had for her life. Uh by coming over with your own grand gesture and saying, "I love you, and it's right. all been for not. It's all been for something that you can just disregard two seconds later as soon as Julian Moore and believe you me, if Julian Moore told me to like you know I don't know go kill a cat what? or something, I would give oh. it some thought I'd give it I was like, well, <laughs> that sounds a little rough, and you know it puts me on a course for something like I'll be on Dave's couch one day, but I don't know Julian Moore <laughs> red hair freckles, yeah, makes a little sense like might might be worth with- it.
1: She'd never ask you that.
0: Georgette though? I don't know. I can see this character. Georgette might.
1: Georgette will definitely ask you to kill a kid.
0: My point is though, the Ethan Hawke character just being that quick to say like, yeah, yeah, that book sucked. That was stupid. It's like, dude, that is like years of your life and years of Maggie's life and your children's life. Yeah. And even Georgette, like you put all of these people through that.
3: It's like, what, five years of his life and everyone else's life that he poured into that. And And he immediately reacts with anger. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you know me better than that. I guess it's okay."
1: Have you guys ever had someone like disregard something you love and like been like,
0: Jess, I produce like Podcasting. podcasts every day. What are you talking about? I don't even know if a member of my family's even like clicked on one, maybe like to like it on Facebook. But as far as like, I could be talking about God knows what, killing cats, and they'd have no fucking idea what I'm talking about on a weekly basis.
1: Hey, that sounds Which, comforting, just to know that my family doesn't listen to me. But I will say this though, but no, they would have to listen to I it. I thought it was and... me talking about
0: killing cats every week. I'm like, Jess, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And they disregard it. I mean, they don't just, it's not just about like, just like not listening. That's just passive. Like, I don't have the time to listen to it. Whatever. Lots of excuses. But they actually burn the podcast in front of you and mail it to you. How do they burn podcasts? I don't know. Onto but a CD? Do... Is that
0: what you're talking about? And then they, <laughs> they break the CD? They take,
1: yeah, they take the tape. They put the CD... They take the... They download the those, podcast. Yeah, those they people figure... would be fucking
0: psycho, Jess, if they have a CD burner and they're burning 40 episodes of The Grand Gesture and then just to send it to me shattered. Mm, I'm going to do that. Instead of calling the cops, it's worrisome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me. Dave's thought is worrisome. (laughs) You learn nothing from Georgette. You don't have any sort of theatricality at all. Bad. I don't like that. Am I wrong? (laughs) No. Uh, Jess, you kind of stole my uh, question or thunder there as far as how we wrap up these shows uh, as far as having some sort of... I don't know. Maybe a, a better question would be some sort of plan uh, to position yourself or your loved ones in a way that you actually think is a, a positive change. Uh, I guess this could be a romantic relationship or maybe just a friendship. Uh, and it just totally backfires on you. Um, probably because they're wrong. In my experience, they were wrong and they were not cooperating with me and it would have been better off for all involved. if They had just done what I said, but for you two people, I'm sure, I'm sure Dave and Jess, you were in the wrong when you did it. So tell me about that. Never. What's it like being wrong? never in the wrong? Uh, I I don't know. I would never know the answer to that question. (laughs) You too. Obviously Maggie's come on. I'm Georgette (laughs) on the show. Y'all can debate if you're Greta Gerberg or Ethan Hawke, but tell me about your flaws. That's my question.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I've been in the opposite situation where I feel like I've, I've given partners kind of outs as far as like things they're struggling with in their life. Like, let me help you with this and here's, here's how we do it. Here's the steps to getting you out of the situation. And I have been with people who are pretty prideful and they refuse. And then, you know, years later they're still in the same situation long after the relationship is over when those things could have been fixed. Uh, But you can't control that. Like you have to, you know, some people have a lot of baggage when it comes to accepting help and accepting the right plan that I have for them. And uh, you just have to kind of let that go, unfortunately. But, you know, best laid plans.
0: That's how it goes sometimes. All right, Dave. It's a swarmy asshole there. Jess, I hope you're a little <laughs> bit more likable with your, your version. You almost <laughs> have to be.
1: Um. So the question the question was essentially that have I ever been an asshole in a relationship? <laughs> no, a but that, this,
0: this sounds like a good story. So go ahead. Go with it. No, have you I ever mean... had a plan that you tried to execute? Oh, with you. good intentions for a partner in any sense, a friend, romantic partner, family member.
1: You know, this is really a bad answer because I don't really think I've had a. I don't. I mean, maybe I have. I feel like I've had many plans in my head, but I usually those are, are usually fail so immediately I, I don't even notice. No one else finds out about those plans. Doesn't so get I far usually,
0: enough along.
1: So I know. I work through all of the grand gesture, right? Like I think about how I'm to meet them, you know, all these things, right? Like, um, but it doesn't really but I've never really gone to the point of where I've made a plan and then I've realized this was the wrong plan, like myself. You know, like where I've said, Oh, because that's what I feel like she does. She makes a plan, she executes it, and then she's like, Holy shit, this isn't what I want. This isn't who I want to be with. And um, although I guess, well, I guess we all have been in that relationship, maybe, because, um, because I feel like maybe we have. We just we all think that we're gonna be in a like that we like this person and that there's someone we could spend a lot of time with and that we care about, and then it doesn't really turn out the way you think it is. I mean, I guess isn't that all, every relationship? <laughs> oh wait, no, wait, not every relationship, just every six month relationship. <laughs> That you have a plan for? That um, like you
0: have with this podcast every six months. Okay. <laughs> we try this oh, out, kid.
1: Let's re re-re- let's record this in six months. See how I do. Um,
0: you can send it to me on a CD. I'll play your track that <laughs> way. In <laughs> we'll send it to you on a CD. On our next episode. That's...
1: I'm going to record a damn fucking amazing episode. I'm going to play it for you. And then I'm going to break it in front
0: of you. Clearly I don't have much to do on a Tuesday night, so you just you just tell me when you want to have the Skype call and I'll I'll record this and we'll make it a Patreon exclusive.
1: <laughs> well, I'll try to burn it. Um I have had relationships where I've I've had very like I'm very realistic about where I think the relationship is going and not going and I'm okay with that. And I don't know if they are always on board with that because I don't know how good I was at verbalizing that. But there was one guy that I was like, just don't talk, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, never speak. And I was very comfortable at that moment of just being like, it was essentially the move of get to the bathroom, okay, buddy. <laughs> Wait, credit card desk to guy. <laughs> um, so I've definitely had those where I've been maybe, <laughs> but that's about it. I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. Did I answer
0: it? I mean, you, you answered why you and uh, your husband are no longer podcasting together, if that's your, your move. <laughs> Stop talking. How dare, how dare <laughs> Get you. Get to the bathroom. Um, no, I don't know if it answered my question. I, Well, part of it there, Like I, I think that everyone has an idea of uh, where they are sort of in the social structure, especially if you're... Like for me, if I've been like entering like sort of a group of people that are somewhat established or at least they're established in my mind, I've had a hard time imagining those dynamics changing. Like – and I I think that applies to people like if you're friends with uh, two people who are dating or whatever and then they split apart. Like that's always uncomfortable. But even for me, like I – I think I'm sort of strangely nostalgic about things, even if it's something I just discovered like two seconds ago. And so when it comes to people, I like, I like for them to sort of stay as they are, mm. but that doesn't really make, that doesn't make for a good romantic partner at all. Like actually that that's like, that would be the worst if it's just, they stay exactly the same. But if they're <laughs> basically, if I'm not having sex with you, I want you to stay as you were when I first met you and don't ever change. <laughs> if I'm having sex with you, uh, let's, let's change it up all the time. Like, please go. <laughs> My wife's listening <laughs> to this episode. I think she watched this movie. Just you know, little, little homework. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll put some. Changing I'll put innovation. some. I'll put some links in the show notes. <laughs> I'll have to take this one explicit. Um.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think we answered anybody's questions. I don't think it's fine. You'll find out well, more def- about me if you click on those. Links. I know
1: it was fascinating, and I will say that I definitely I remember watching Reality Bites with Ethan Hawke, and like imagining my the first guy that I date, which. To be like that when I was, I remember that filthy, <laughs> total dysfunction, awful. Like, what it was I thinking? And then I remember definitely having those plans with, with other guys and being like, okay, like this is what I want to go down, and it never working out. So I learned really fast those plans never, <laughs> never happen.
0: Yeah, I, I did not feel the same way about Winona Rider and Reality Bites. So I think the what we can tell people is like, don't have fantasies about anything. <laughs> Just let it die. That's
1: it. Don't have anything. Fan- Don't have dreams. That's what we're saying. Except no for the dreams. ones I'm
0: putting in the, the show notes. Those fantasies. Oh, yeah. Those you can focus on.
1: Those yeah. are practical.
0: Burn them to a CD. Send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, where can people send you their fantasies and CDs and other weird stuff?
1: You can send stuff to me at Reed Schmid and at Grand Gesture Pod. Oh. <laughs>
0: man awesome man be hosting the show in another six months you'll be doing the intros <laughs> asking questions of yourself answering them cutting dave off when you need to That's good first thing good. I, have to learn. Good. I know let me just say how happy i am that i got the second episode on this <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Just like a damn boxer tired herself out throwing punches at dave and everyone else <laughs> <Just> throwing, <laughs> and we get to Maggie's playing
1: i'm so tired so tired